the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for the Your Personal Bank Show with Parents Stoke. In an era of chaos, confusion, and craziness, Parents is a voice for common sense. As a financial literacy educator, speaker, and entrepreneur, Parents cuts through the noise to help us understand how current events affect our money, economy, and our freedom. Now, here's Ferenc Stoke. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferenc, and wow, do I have a lot of stuff to cover today, but uh, some of it's really in- encouraging and uplifting, so I, I want to start there. The first thing I want to bring up is that we keep hearing how America is divided, that we're a divided country. We're hearing that from all kinds of sources, but most predominantly from the media. And I agree, America is divided, but I've come to the conclusion that it's divided, but not how you think. Off, or most how most people think it's divided. You see, the reason I, I'm coming up with this, and I'm, I'm going to share with you this further, of course, is I've been traveling quite a bit this summer. I'm from Phoenix, of course, and uh, you know that's uh, sadly I've been I've been living in Arizona for the past well, I guess 30 years, give or take, and uh, it's been a, it was a great place to live, raise a family, all that kind of good stuff. There's no question in the last few years Arizona has been changing, and, and not in the way that I I prefer personally. Uh, if you listen to this show, you know where I stand. But it's definitely become a pretty, a lot of people say a purple state. And I would I would have to tend to agree uh, because of so many of the people moving into the state from other places like California and from the southern border, etc. My point is the country is divided and I've seen both sides of it. And I deal with clients, like I said, all over the country. There's other parts of the country, like I've been spending some time in the southeast here, where it's not so divided at all. In fact, the general consensus is far more what but I am familiar with growing up. I grew up in the Midwest, small town, you know, raised on a farm, that kind of thing. Pretty conservative background growing up. Like I said, I was, I was in the mili- you know, military, all that kind of stuff. So it's more what I'm familiar with, right? And I'd say there's not a lot of division, disagreement in this part of the country because most, the vast, vast majority of people agree. And, uh, you know, they're generally leaning towards being pretty conservative and they love their country. You know what I'm trying to say? But the division in the country that we're seeing, it's not Democrat versus Republican. It's not conservative versus liberal. It's really the difference is those folks who love America, their country, the society that we live in, and those that don't. And when you realize that, you know, you start to realize very quickly that the no, the percentage of people that still really appreciate the opportunities that this country provides, uh, the freedoms that it provides, yeah, far more than most other countries uh, throughout the history of humankind, actually, you realize that the people that are, do appreciate that are in the vast, vast majority. And if I had to guess, I'd say easily in the 75, 80% range. There's probably only 20% or so, maybe 25% of those who have bought into this ideology that the country stinks and um, it's a bad country and it's got a bad history and all this other kind of stuff. They bought... Frankly, what they've done is they've bought into the propaganda. Look, I'm not saying this country's perfect. I don't think anyone would. But it's certainly better than just about any other. It's no question. That's It has created more opportunity and more freedom for more people than any other country, nation on this planet throughout human history. That's just a fact. That's inarguable. And anyone who tries to argue that is just in completely and totally ignoring facts, you know, reason, knowledge, any of it. Okay. Now, why I'm saying this is all of this gives us a reason for hope because as people come to realize, look, we either like the way this country is and the direction it's going and the society that we live in and the freedoms, like I said, that we enjoy or we don't, you realize the vast majority appreciate that regardless of who they voted for, um, you know, previously, that kind of thing. In fact, a lot of your... (laughs) more conservative Democrats, if you will, um, have far more in common than some of your more, um, your rhinos, you know, who want, uh, we're going to talk about that some more. But there was, if you haven't listened to Vec 
Vivek Ramaswamy. He's a candidate for, for president, Republican side. And there's a re- recent interview that he did uh, with Tucker Carlson. You can find it on YouTube or other places. Actually, I recommend Rumble. You can find it there. No reason to support uh, companies that don't agree with our beliefs, you know, your beliefs. It's your choice, but really encourage you to go to someplace like Rumble instead of YouTube if you can find it. That's what I do. I try to find it there. It's not always possible to do that, but generally speaking, it's getting better. But he did an interview recently, like I said, with Tucker Carlson at a, at a recent event, and it was inspiring. And it's the first message I've heard in a while from anyone that I could say I walked away from listening to that interview and frankly I was encouraged and and, and inspired. The thing about it is a couple of things that he said and I want to touch on here from his that interview was if you tell Americans you can't speak they scream and if you tell them they can't scream they break things and that's such an astute assessment because freedom of speech gosh that's <laughs> that's our first amendment right? I mean, it's it's one of the foundational principles of this country. We've always had and enjoyed a freedom of speech, unlike, again, nearly any other country in the history of the world has enjoyed. When that is taken away, we don't take kindly to it. And this censorship environment that we have been in for the last few years, people maybe, they, they are free to say what they want to say. It's not necessarily illegal you know, you don't. If you say something, you're going to get arrested, like like some dictatorships even today. Try doing that in China, for example. Uh, try to go up against the uh, the people in power and denounce them in China, or Cuba, or Venezuela, or or Russia, or any of those kind of places, and see what happens. Right, North Korea. Right. You're not going to per se get arrested like that. A lot of folks have a lot of concerns. They're afraid of, say, losing their job or their career or getting censored or or those kinds of things. So it's a it's an effort being you know being proclamated by our government and big business. And we're going to talk again, discuss some more of that today. Holding people down and keeping them from saying what they really feel and think. And I've I've shared that on the show many times. My first. You know, this show started as a financial show, and it still has a financial focus. I try to discuss money, how everything out there, the economy, uh, current events affect our money, our ability to make it, save it, pass it on to others, right? I got into more of the uh, current events. The COVID shutdowns occurred because, for me, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I, I couldn't believe that our government felt like they had the right to shut down somebody's small business. I, it's not in our constitution. I believe it's totally, I don't think it's, I think it's illegal in my opinion, but they did it anyway and they got away with it. And I, I remember coming onto the show, this was early on, gosh, April, 2020. You can go back to your personal bank.com by the way, and you can listen to any of the previously recorded shows and those shows are still there on the website. So, you know, it's documented. My point is my wife even said, are you sure you want to say this? I said, absolutely. Because because she goes, you're going to make yourself a target. And I said, I understand that, but I'm pissed. I said, I can't believe our government is shutting down small businesses. Where do they have the, what do they think they have the right to do that? Who gave them that right? You know, what are we, Cuba? You know, what are Venezuela, China, Russia? I mean, and I, I even shared with that, you know, how my dad literally risked his life escaping the Soviets in Hungary, come to a better, ended up coming to a better place, America and starting over and doing it the right way. And, I'm first generation. And so that really hit me hard. And, and ever since then, I've been paying attention and I've become very, very politically active since where I really wasn't before. I would vote. You know, I usually start paying attention. I think like most people, I was out there raising my family, building my business, living my life, right? You know, during the, the off, off years, I really didn't pay much attention. Presidential years, I would typically, when the, the debates would come along, I'd watch the debates, start figuring out who I would want to uh, vote for. And unfortunately, in most cases, it was <laughs> voting for the lesser two evils, in my opinion, who's in a lot of a lot of the case, who was going to interfere with my life less, who was going to spend less money and, you know, tax us less, that kind of thing. Those were really my focuses back then. And, uh, you know, then I would vote and then, you know, go back to living my life. I believe that was how a majority of Americans lived. And there's still some that do today. But again, the situation with the government, the overbearing bureaucracy as it keeps growing and interfering in our lives more and more, 
has forced us to pay attention and that's solution ultimately to turning this ship back around in the right direction and as I was sharing with some folks I just talked to today where they're this is the common message this is the common feeling I have with people is they're frustrated and like one of the guys said you know I agree with you completely but I just I don't want to don't want to pay I don't pay that close attention because it just frustrates me and I said I get it but if we keep putting our head in the sand it's only going to get worse it's not going to get better you know, evil triumphs when good men do nothing, right? The reality is we have to step up. We have to pay attention. We have to, I said, the solution is we have to educate ourselves, really educate and help ourselves and, and really understand what is going on, why things are the way they are. And I always say, follow the money, right? That's typically will help you understand why things are the way they are, which we're going to discuss further more on that today. As I was sharing with him today on that, that very topic, I said, here's the point. He goes, because, you know, I know people that, you know, they just, no matter what, for example, they just hate Trump with a passion. It's emotional. It's visceral. And they would never vote for him. So I don't know that, you know, even though I like his policies, what he did, I think he's too divisive. It's not, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we've all heard it. You know what I'm saying. He shared some of those same thoughts myself. As I stated to him, I said, you know, again, the real solution is educating ourselves to why things are the way they are and encouraging and supporting the candidate that, we believe is going to actually follow through on it and not just be a puppet and listen, you know, listen to the, to the elites or the bureaucrats and keep them in power and in charge, but to listen to the person that we believe is actually going to represent our interests. And like he said, well, not everybody's going to do that. I said, that's the beauty of it. We don't need everybody. We just need 51%. And he kind of laughed at that point. He said, you know what? You got a really good point. And that's encouraging because there's, I said, there are some people out there, they're not going to listen no matter what. They're not going to, their mind's all made up. I used to say, their mind's like concrete, all mixed up and set. They're, they bought into the propaganda that the, the uh, legacy media has been feeding them for the last several years. And they're just not going to change their mind. And that's okay. We don't have to convince them. We don't have to convince everyone we only need to convince a few, even no matter how you look at it. You look at the last several presidential elections over the last several decades, they've all been very close. So 1% or 2% could just make the difference. Stay tuned. Next segment, I'm going to cover some more things I think you're really going to want to hear and be inspired. And so don't miss it. Stay tuned for more common sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferenc Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferenc at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferenc Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ference, and as I was sharing, I'm going to share some more of what I heard was a very inspiring message, and it was an interview that with with uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who's a candidate for uh, the president, the Republican side. And it was a, if you want to see, you know, check out that interview, go to Rumble or whatever, and you can find it. But it's very inspiring. Another one of the key points that Vivek made. Today, we're starved for things that have real meaning, faith, family, country, that type of thing. And a lot of those things have been replaced with other things that have been fed to us, things like climate, transgenderism, and race. He's right. The reality is human beings have to, we're, we're wired this way. We want to be a part, to inspire human beings, we want to be a part of something bigger, greater than ourselves. And if if that isn't some of the things that have real meaning, again, faith, family, country, those kinds of things that give true satisfaction to people, those folks are going to replace it with other things. And the things that have been shoved down our throats lately, of course, is this climate, transgenderism, and racism. One of the things I find interesting, this again, another reason for hope, is being called a racist for a lot of people was probably one of the worst things you could do. And it's been happening so frequently lately for things that are just obviously not racist by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. It's, it's, it's just being overused and people are starting to ignore it. You know, much like, you know, the boy who cried wolf, you cry wolf enough times and there's no wolf. Eventually when there's actually a wolf, nobody will listen. Right. 
that's what's going on. And here's an example. You know, if you've been paying attention to the whole Bud Light, you know, controversy or whatever, people got sick and tired of being force-fed this woke ideology, and they said, you know, we, Bud Light crossed the line. They said, that's it. I'm not drinking their beer anymore. And Bud has uh, been paying paying for that decision, billions and billions of dollars, sales lost in dollars, and uh, it's continuing. I don't know when it's going to end, but good. And it's not. It's like it was not like it's an organized boycott. It's just a, a, a good number of people coming to the conclusion roughly at the same time, saying, "You know what? Enough's enough. I don't. If you're going to force that ideology down my throat, I don't have to drink your beer. There are other beers, right? That's an easy decision to make. Here's another one more recent. You probably heard. Jason Aldean, he's a country music star, and he's got a song out that uh, came out re- fairly recently, like in May. It's called Try That in a Small Town. Well, apparently recently, some wokesters, whatever you want to call them, uh, tried to attack the song as being racist and pro-lynching and all this other kind of stuff. Reality is, I've listened to the song. I don't I don't see any of it, anything in it being as racist. Again, it's a dog whistle, right? And um, so the reality is they're trying to get it, you know, they're attacking him because he's conservative, he's a country music star, that kind of stuff. They're just trying to trying to censor him, right? Like they've been doing to so many people over the past few years. Well, here's the funny part. The response has been this song is now shot up to number one in the charts. Jason actually is getting rewarded because he's getting attacked. I believe we're going to see more and more of this type of thing as we go forward. You know, people, again, are just sick and tired of this. Enough's enough. You know, this whole climate and transgenderism and racism, as like I said, are dog whistles. They're actually not real. And the reality is, and I've heard a lot of people talk about this, is they're nothing more than uh, designed to divert attention from real failures. You know, they sound bad. So it's like a car accident when somebody's driving down the road. You know, it's hard not to see, not hard not to slow down and look Look at the accident, right? Even though you, most people they don't want to, but it's just hard to hard not to do that. So when they're screaming racism or climate or or whatever it is, you know, people are going to slow down like the car accident and look at that instead of the real failure. What are some of the real failures? Well, most recently, the disastrous COVID policy. As I stated before, at this point, pretty much, and it's been public record admitted, just about everything they did revolving around that was absolutely detrimental and wrong. Okay, it was good for additional government control and power, but bad for individuals. Okay, you know the government spending too much money, enhancing, causing enhancing inflation. Okay, they're causing by the spending of this money. I've talked about this so many times on the show. Controlling the money gives the representatives more power. I get it, and but they don't they don't want people paying attention to that. They want to divert the attention from their excessive spending and the problems they're causing, like inflation. And so they pull out, throw out these dog whistles like racism or transgenderism or, you know, saying a boy can be a girl or whatever, whatever it is. More and more people are coming to that conclusion and realizing that, again, it's just a dog whistle. It's just noise. It's, it's uh, the boy crying wolf losing its effect. And that's encouraging. Let me give you another failure. The military. You know, the military recently, I'm going to say in the last couple of decades, certainly, has really not, has been involved in a lot of useless and unnecessary wars, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion, okay? And the only real purpose of these wars was to make money for those in the industrial military complex. I mean, again, follow the money. Let's be real. And even Eisenhower famously warned against the power of the military industrial complex in his farewell address. I mean, he, if there's anyone should understand it, it would be him. He was a he was the general in charge of, of the Normandy invasion during World War II and then later president of the United States. Certainly Eisenhower is somebody who would understand the military-industrial complex. And again, he famously warned against it and the power that it, would, uh, that it was wielding and influence that it wielded. Again, these wars, like my opinion, I've shared some of this before, and I think it's more and more people are coming to this conclusion, is a lot of this stuff with... Um, with, uh, you know, the wars we're dealing with over with Russia, fighting Russia and all is really only benefiting those that, you know, profit off of war. Let's be real. I mean, more, most recently, we've heard how the military is, our own military is admitted to having a shortage of ammunition. I mean, you're talking about something that's embarrassing. That's truly embarrassing. But who does that benefit? 
Well, those that manufacture ammunition. If we give away a bunch of our ammo to fight Russia, what? It, guess what? They get to build more, make more money. It's about profit. You see, it's this... Well, it's another point I want to bring up, I think, in the next segment, because I want to get into this. Uh, I want to have the time to get into it. But let me, since we're on the military, I, I saw this article recently. I thought it was really good. DeSantis unveils, unveils plan to start ripping off all the woke out of the military. And you know what? I like what he's talking about here. Look, I'm not saying, I mean, I like DeSantis, okay? I like Trump. I like his policies. I'll say that much. I've been adamant that I'm not necessarily a huge fan of his personality. But I like his policies. Uh, I've mentioned I like Vivek. Just because I'm supporting one, that's another thing, uh, or I like one doesn't mean I'm not, you know, against the other one. But there's some good ideas here that need to be addressed. And and understand, you know, DeSantis did serve in the military also. So he has some knowledge about how this works. But like he said, lethality, readiness, and capabilities must trump political agendas like the Green New Deal. You know, these ideas of of um, having electric vehicles in the military is just stupid. They're not as efficient yet. The technology's not there. You want the most efficient fighting machine. You don't want to have an electric tank that needs to be recharged, for example. That's just inherently stupid. But, you know, you've got other things in here like that. You know, you got things like the uh, money that's going to uh, Black Lives Matter, even, that they were... Let's put it this way. You get, yeah, this one. I love this. The designation of active duty drag queens for online recruitment with the with the Navy. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. You really? The typical young adult male who's going to be inclined to serve in the military is going to be motivated to join by a drag queen? And if they were, that's probably not the type of person you want in the military. Let's be real. Who benefits from this? Who loves this? Our enemies. You gotta, you gotta realize China's probably laughing their asses off. Okay, you know the vaccine mandate, mandate that the military imposed, forcing out a whole lot of really good, uh, you know, career, experienced military members. That was just pure stupidity. There's so many things. Yeah, drag queen shows on military bases. I'm sorry, that does not apply. You know. The DE, uh, the diversity, equity, and whatever they call it, inclusive department now in the Pentagon should be eliminated immediately. And DeSantis is right. That money should go towards b- buying more ammo that's been given to Ukraine, right? The military is there to break things and kill people. And that's where its focus needs to be. And look, it's the, doing these other things is bad enough. The problem is losing the focus on what they're really supposed to be there, what they're supposed to do. That's the problem. So I'm going to have to kind of, I've got another really good uh, thing I want to discuss in the next segment. So I'm going to really encourage you to stay tuned on that. But uh, if you do want to contact me, because we're in some, I have hope for the future. I'm not totally negative on the future. I want you to understand. But I do also recognize that things could get much worse before they get better, or it's there is this distinct possibility they're not going to get better. I really don't, I don't think anyone can predict. I have hope for the future, but I don't know that anyone can truly predict what is going to indeed happen. You have to be prepared for whatever may happen. You should diversify. You should create some tax-free bucket of money, okay? Because what are taxes gonna do in the future, especially with all this spending? Again, diversification is always a good idea, but in times of economic uncertainty, it's it's ne- it's a necessity. You can't have all your eggs in one basket. If you're all in the real estate or all in the stock market or a bunch of it, if you're overexposed in one area and not diversified in the other, that's just not wise financial planning. It just isn't, okay? And having some guarantees in case things go south, because they certainly can do that, okay? I'm not predicting it. I have hope for the future. But I recognize it certainly can happen, okay? You need to be prepared prepared for that. Your personal bank can do all those things. It also can help you offset inflation. It can reduce your cost of borrowing. It can increase your rate of ret- rates of return. It can help you create a positive cash flow with your money, much like real estate investors do with real estate property, creating positive cash flow. How would you like to create positive cash flow in your money? Think about that a minute. 
These are important and powerful tools that your personal bank can do. So I'm really going to encourage you to contact me for more information. And I'll send you a couple of the interviews I've done recently on the radio that really explain this and go into depth, the, into depth further on how this will can work and really enhance your financial future. So really going to encourage you to contact me to get that information. I'll send you that in, those interviews. I won't bug you. If you're interested in info, I'll be happy to talk to you. If you just want the info, I'll send it to you. If, uh, you know, if you want more help, I'll help you. I mean, I'm busy enough as it is. I won't be bugging you, okay? But you will get the opportunity to talk to me if you want. So I encourage you to do that. Stay tuned in the next segment. i got some really interesting thoughts that I think you're going to really appreciate. So don't miss it. Stay tuned for more Common Sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferentz Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferentz at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferentz Toth. Welcome back to your personal bank show, and this is Ferentz. And I've been discussing um, a lot about a message or an interview that I listened to recently from Vivek Ramasumi. He's a uh, candidate for Repu- Republican candidate for president. Uh, Tucker Carlson interviewed him at a, a conference recently. So if you want to go to Rumble and look it up, I encourage you to do so. If you don't know what Rumble is, it's a it's a free speech platform al- platform alternative to YouTube. Look, I have nothing to do with Rumble. All I know is they're a free speech platform, and YouTube is not. They censor people. So if you have the opportunity to support something that supports free speech, by all means, I encourage you to do that whenever possible. Another thing Vivek was talking about, and he, he brought up how the, he talked about the elite class who are, who are, in essence, the effective managers of the country. You know, they're not really Republican or Democrat. They just want someone that... Uh, is elected, and that's at all levels, you know, president on down, who they think will basically do what they want so they can continue to go make some more money, right? So current example is this war fighting Russia. Russia is really not our enemy. Um, There's no strategic um, threat to the United States from Russia at this point, okay? They're not attacking NATO countries, that, that, that type of thing. Here's the thing. A lot of the Republicans even in Washington you can't distinguish them any different from Biden or the Democrats. In other words, they they've bought into this military industrial complex. You know, again, follow the money. They've probably gotten significant campaign contributions, etc., from those types of people, so that they can make some more money making war material. I, I'm sorry, but that's what it's really about. While our true enemy, our number one—I shouldn't say they're our enemy, but our number one threat to our our freedoms right now is China. From an economic and military standpoint, they are no question our greatest threat. Not Russia. But yet you hear them all just parrot the same line like puppets. And that's what's so annoying. In fact, that, you know, whether you love Trump or not, here's the thing you have to, you have to admit. He's not controllable. No one controls Trump. That's the thing that a lot of people love about him. And that's also the thing that annoys a lot of people about him particularly the elite managerial class, because they can't predict or control what he's going to do. That is why they hate him so much. They, he threatens their livelihood, their, their business, their way of making money, the industrial, uh, military industrial complex, as I talked about in the previous uh, segment. You know, even many of the big Republican donors are among them because they, they're globalists. They make money from the chaos, if you will, or the or the status quo, or you know, our military or our, our 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 military weapons going to Ukraine, for example, they're benefiting from this type of stuff. So they want to see it continue. U- Ukraine was famous for being the most corrupt country in the world for money laundering and all that type of stuff. I'm in the financial industry. I know this. Okay, and so there is a lot of. Let's face it. Let's be real. There's a lot of that type of stuff. Big money people were benefiting either directly or indirectly from that. And so the reality is they're more concerned about benefiting in themselves or their business than they are about for their country. 
And that is why they hate Trump so much, why they attack him so much and continue to do so. Folks, that's the reason why normal, average, everyday Americans who love this country need to support Trump or somebody like him who is not controllable, who's not a puppet, who's not going to do what the managerial elites want. The question I've been asking for a while now is, where are the elite patriots? Where are the people that that have done well because of the freedoms and opportunities in this, this country has provided and offered them and have a sense of appreciation and gratitude for that, want to give back, want to make this a better place rather than just being uh, looking out for themselves, being selfish. Let's be real. You know, when's enough enough? You know, after you've made millions or billions even, when is enough enough? I've heard many very, very successful people say, after a certain point, you have enough money, you could pretty much purchase, buy anything you want. You could stop working the rest of your life and you would be fabulously wealthy. And they yet continue to pursue those endeavors, whatever it was that made them wealthy, as it were, typically. And like they said, at that point, it's just a game. It's just a game to them. Okay, folks, it's a game. I get it. And I understand they get ego and a lot of satisfaction from playing and winning the game, the financial game of life. I get that. But my question is, when's enough enough? And when is there a sense of appreciation and gratitude to help others and make this country a better place rather than just looking out for yourself and benefiting yourself or or like we see have been seeing recently with all these hearings you know the Biden family boy it sure seems like uh, you know nice to have last name of Biden because the latest IRS whistleblowers are now stating that um, you know that that they're 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 saying that the Biden family's received something like 17 million dollars from foreign foreign sources illegally and hasn't paid any taxes on it if you or I did that, we'd be in jail, okay? That's, we all know that. So that's the, that's the frustrating thing. So seeing it from the very, very top, and of course that leadership makes a difference, and that trickles down. And I, I guess that's part of the reason why we're not seeing so many of those elite patriots. If you go back in history, and I was, again, even sharing this with some folks today, and not realizing that, just not, not knowing the history that's one of the things that was so remarkable about our founding fathers. In fact, they pledged, when they signed the Declaration of Independence, for example, they pledged their fortunes and their lives. They put it all on the line to create a better country, to create a, a democracy, a place where there would be opportunities for everyone, not just a few liberal or few elites. And the thing was, vast majority of the founding fathers were well, very wealthy individuals, very successful. In fact, George Washington at the time, uh, this is what this person didn't know, was the wealthiest man in, in, uh, in the colonies, in the U.S. at the time. He was the Elon Musk of his day. And he put it all on the line. He risked his life, literally, by signing the Declaration, becoming part of the Constitution, creating a new country, better. Make it better for others. That's what's so remarkable about those people. In fact, Ben Franklin famously said after signing the Constitution, he said, gentlemen, we either hang together or we'll all hang separately. And what he meant by that, and he was absolutely correct, is if they got caught by the British troops, remember, they were rebelling against the king. A king is nothing more than a dictator in fancy robes. They would be hung, killed for treason, for what they did. They knew that. That's how remarkable that was. And, you know, it'd be nice to see a few of these patriots, elite patriots, standing up for the country and making it a better place and showing a little bit of sense of gratitude for the success that and the opportunities that this country provided for them to allow them to have that kind of success. You know, I think the closest thing I can come up with right now is Elon Musk is kind of an elite patriot. He's coming around. I don't know if he's full-blown that, but he's, his purchase of Twitter certainly was, a was, was an elite patriot move. And what I mean by that is he bought a company that was losing money. He did not do it for financial reasons. He, he didn't have to do it. In fact, he, all, he knew and he stated himself that if he purchased Twitter, that they would come after him. He would, he would catch hell, so to speak. 
but he did it and it would, and it would ne negatively affect his other businesses like Tesla. But he did it anyway because he felt like that free speech was that important to protect. Again, free speech is one of the very foundational principles that this country is founded on. He understood that as an immigrant. You know, it's funny, the immigrants of first generation sometimes understand and appreciate these things more than others. We, it's, there's, still, there's still hope for the future, and there's an example of, and I'm sure there are others, I'm just not aware of them, not too many of them, there's some. And my hope is we see more of that as time goes forward. I think we will. I think we will because so many things have gone so far downhill, the wrong direction in terms of the people that do not like this country, as they talk about all the time, fundamentally changing this country. Look, you have a country that is, has provided over the last couple hundred years more opportunity, more freedom, for, and more success financially and otherwise for more people than any other country or society in the history of mankind. That is a fact that's undeniable. And to shy away from that is just foolish. Anyone that wants to change that, the most successful country, society in the history of mankind, and you want to change that to something else, you know, you have an agenda or you're a fool. I don't know how else to put it. It's just that simple. But again, there's, there's reasons for hope. And I, I'll give you a couple of quick ones. Going back to the military one, I, I saw this article. I thought this was great. One of the young, uh, young uh, teens was talking about, and they were suggesting that if instead of to join the military, uh, often the GI Bill has been an incentive for young people to join the military because it can help pay for college, right? Well, today that's becoming less and less of a carrot because university enrollment is declining. It's down about 10%, by the way, over the last five years. I consider that a very good sign. It should be higher than that, in my opinion, but uh, it's not the recruiting man, uh, magnet it was. And the, part of the reason was, as this young man was saying, he says, it just doesn't really appeal to me because he goes, I think college is very much overrated and it can just impede or delay an entrepreneur. And he said, why would I take classes on why America sucks, which is what's taught in a lot of these colleges now, while my business competition is getting a four-year head start on me? It just doesn't make any sense. And see, I love that. That's some of the common sense that we're starting to see come out from people realizing that why should I go to college just to get indoctrinated or have to deal with listening to a bunch of gobbledygook, woke ideology that I don't agree with, I don't believe in. I know for a fact that although this country isn't perfect, it's the best, it's the best uh, society country that's ever existed in the history of mankind. Why do I have to sit and listen to that? And then, you know, waste four years, like he said, when I can just go start my own business and my competition's getting ahead of me anyway. That is, that is astute. That is wise. That, I think that young man's going to go, go places in this world. And that is also a cause for hope. Stay tuned to the last segment. I got a couple other idea, thoughts I want to share with you. I think you're going to really find interesting. So don't miss it. Stay tuned for more common sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferens Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferens at 866 268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferentz Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferentz. So I've been sharing a lot of ideas and some big pictures, some big thoughts today in terms of what I think is really important and what is going on in this country. Well, yes, we're divided, but not on the grounds that a lot of people think. Again, it's not Republican or Democrat or liberal versus conservative. It, it truly is about the folks who love and appreciate this country and its opportunities and freedoms it offers and those that don't. And as soon as we get 51% of the people that to understand that, it doesn't matter what their previous voting record was, what their skin color or any of that kind of thing, your economic situation or anything else. Once those people, once 51% of them realize and vote 
we can change this country for the better. It's about education and realization. That's what it's about and understanding what's truly important. It's not what the liber it's not what the elites want, endless wars, chaos, confusion, so they can profit off of it, but a better life for everyone in this country. That's what it's about. And getting representatives that'll actually represent us and if they don't kick them kick boot them out, vote them out, right? But a couple other things that are encouraging. So again, I guess I guess overall this is an encouraging message today is the study, recent study shows that um, electric cars Vehicles, uh, the electric vehicle climate and cost benefits won't achieve the uh, the goals intended. So, as they're saying, this massive push to electrify vehicles nationwide will have an enormous economic and social costs. And this is a report published by the Manhattan Institute. And like I said, it pour, it pours some serious cold water on the purported climate and cost benefits of electric electric vehicles. Like they say in here in the, in the study, the rapid electrification of the U.S. transportation sector would increase consumer costs. It increased the cost of electricity, folks. I've shared this earlier. The cost of electricity in two places, California and Germany, two places that have gone, kind of led the, led the world, so to speak, towards electric vehicles. Their cost of electricity over the last decade has increased some, something like five-fold, five times. Okay, folks? So it's going to cost as supply and demand. It's economics 101. If there's more and more people demanding something like electricity, the costs of it are going to go up. Also, in the study states, the electrical grid will become more vulnerable to blackouts. It will actually threaten national security, and could even lead to to uh, and and may not even lead to fewer greenhouse gas emissions. Here's why: the reason is is the way an electric vehicle is built versus a gas-powered vehicle. In other words, the CO2 emissions and all the stuff that they're worried about, which, again, that's another whole discussion. But a combustion engine, for example, to build the engine, build that car, about 15 to 20% of the emissions that that vehicle is going to emit over its lifetime are done while, before you drive it. And then the remainder are emissions by driving it for the life of the vehicle. Okay? So let's just say 20% is because it, you know, there's manufacturing, there's, it's, you know, manufacturing creates emissions, right? Building a car creates emissions, factories, right? So about 20% of the total emissions is in building and the other 80% roughly is in driving it, the life of the car. Well, electric vehicles, the vast majority, anywhere from the vast majority is of the emissions are caused in building the car. Okay. And in fact, the, the, the realistic scenarios in most cases driving an electric vehicle will actually cause greater global emissions than driving a combustion engine vehicle. And the reason why is because uh, emissions are far greater in building fuel tanks, batteries, and things like that. And these are hot, you know, rare earth metals, difficult to acquire, and require a lot, take a lot of emissions to manufacture and build. So that's what's interesting is these people that are claiming that it's going to reduce emissions in the environment and it's environmentally friendly and all that. The interesting thing about it is they expend more emissions just building the darn thing before it's even used. Combustion, traditional combustion engine vehicle does over its entire lifetime, <laughs> including getting it built. And that's what this study points out. So again, there's people that are just not going to listen, uh, you know, Again, I was talking to folks today, and they're saying, well, they know folks that will never vote for Trump, and they won't, they're just die-hard die green energy people, and they won't, listen to, won't listen, to, listen to reasons or facts. Okay, that's fine. You're always going to have some people like that. They bought into the propaganda. You know, Joseph Goebbels talked about it. You know, he was Hitler's propaganda minister, and he stated himself, if you repeat a lie often enough, it'll become fact. It'll become truth to some, for many people. And so if somebody allows themselves to be propagandized and not and closed-minded and will not listen, okay, they're irredeemable. They're a lost cause. Move on. Don't waste your time. Again, like I stated to these people, we do not have to convince everyone. Do not have to educate any, everyone. Not everyone has to look at the facts. Just 51%. And I believe... Again, from my discussions and people literally all across this country, that easily, easily 80% of the folks 
understand what's going on. If they'll vote accordingly, if we can get, again, 51% of them to vote accordingly, vote for people that will represent us, represent our interests, not just the elites, the bureaucrats in Washington, that kind of thing. We can get enough of them in there that will reduce the spending, reduce the power, reduce of, fed, of the federal government, and get the right people in there. We can turn this thing around. The, op- the opportunity is still there. So uh, one of the last things <clears throat> I wanted to share today before I run out of time is I always have to share a stupid idea. Well, here's one of the stupid, stupidest ideas I've seen in a while. It's Illinois. Illinois has now become the first state to eradicate cash bail. It got, they passed a law to er- eliminate cash bail for criminals. And it got challenged in court, of course. And it went up to the state Supreme Court. And they, 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 they decided it did not violate the state, state constitution. So apparently in September, this is going to go into effect that in Illinois, there will be no cash bail for criminals. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, let's just use a little bit of common sense here. Who's going to be, who benefits from this? The answer is the criminals. Obviously, not the victims, the criminals. If we want to really get cynical, but real, why would something like this pass? Why you know, it's overwhelmingly Democrats, of course. Who financed these people to get into office? You know, a lot of these are crime syndicates, folks. All right, a lot. There, I mean, let's be real. There's money coming from that kind of stuff, and they're going to benefit from it, right? I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Follow the money, right? Let's be real. Now, hopefully, the positive that could come out that could come out of this is things will get so bad so quickly that the majority, again, 51% of Illinois uh, residents will say, you know what, or Illinois, whatever. Residents will say, enough's enough. This is ridiculous. Vote these bums out. Let's get people in there to turn this around and put, keep criminals, you know, keep criminals in jail. Benefit uh, victims. Protect victims, not criminals. We'll see. I don't, I I believe it'll happen. We're just going to see how long it's going to take, aren't we? In the meantime, probably not a good idea to go on vacation in Illinois, especially in places like Chicago. And I'm sorry to say that because our uh, the show airs in Chicago, okay? Uh, will I be making any plans to go there in the near future? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not foolish. Sorry, but I'm not stupid. And guess what? A lot of individuals and businesses are going to come up with the same conclusion. So you folks in Illinois, I feel bad for you, but you need to wake up, smell the coffee, and 51% of you need to say enough's enough. Stop these, stu- these stupid politicians with these stupid ideas and coming up with things like cashless bail. Give me a break. Just give me a break, man. That's ridiculous. Again, that's one of the stupidest ideas I've seen in a while. Well, I'm going to wrap this up here. Again, finishing with the thought that, again, yes, America is divided, but it's divided on grounds of what is, what kind of country do we want to live in? Do we want a a country of opportunity and freedom, or do we want one of just, you know, dependency? And what is important in life? Is it making more money? I saw a study on that saying something like 40, 45% of people now believe that's the most important thing. Or is it faith, family, country, the things that actually have real meaning in lives and get, get people's lives. And it gives them real meaning and real reason to, to get up in the morning and make a difference and make this world a better place. You leave it a better place than the way you found it. And maybe... My point I'm trying to get at, and that's one of the things that, I guess, drive me. I refuse to be silent, and even though I understand some people get turned off by that. You know, it's it's funny. It's a financial show. I focus on financial stuff. I also focus on current events and politics and stuff. And when I talk about financial stuff, which I've done quite a bit lately because, you know, there's not an election coming up. So a lot of financial literacy. I get a lot of positive comments from that, and I, I, I really appreciate it. A lot of educational content. When I get onto the political views and stuff, I get positive there, some negative, of course, but I'm just sharing from my heart what's important to me, what I believe is important to our country, to all of us. And the reality is I get some people saying, hey, I want you to talk about politics more. I get others who say you want to talk about finance a little more. I try to discuss what I think is important at the time and just what I'm dealing with. The thing I want you to understand is I'm going to stand up for my principles, what's important. 
I have passion. I refuse to. I'm successful, but not greedy. Enough's enough. You know what I'm saying? I have plenty of clients. I appreciate working with new people. I enjoy it, but I'm not, you know, looking at having everyone as my client. I'm at that point in my career. I'm blessed. I can do that. And I'm not going to exaggerate or mislead somebody. I'm going to tell them the truth, the good and the bad. I always have done that, but you know, I just, that's who I am. That's my personality. And in, in the financial industry, of course, that's not super common, but fortunately it's important. And I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you something that you want to hear if it's not true. You see what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to give you the best advice I can. And I'm going to stick to that and not exaggerate, not, like I said, not mislead somebody. I'll be straight with them. Tell them what, tell them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear, right? So if you do want more information on how to navigate all this and thrive, your personal bank can certainly do that, as I've shared many times. Contact me. And while it's still on our money, in God we trust Listen Tuesdays at noon and Saturdays at 1 to the Your Personal Bank Show for more information. Contact Ference at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guests of this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Some products discussed may have limitations and not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. For current rates, contact Ference at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, that's 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.